You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. As we do our New England Patriots preview, will it be Cam Newton or is it Mac Jones' time to shine? We'll uh, dive into all of that and more coming up in just a bit. But Tony, a lot to dive into NFL news-wise on Tuesday. Uh, We got one devastating injury that we're going to get to and a team that you and I were both really high on. But Got to lead with Aaron Rodgers and what Adam Schefter reported on Tuesday morning. I don't think any of us really thought it was just about the money, but it confirms it here. This report from Schefter, Aaron Rodgers uh, reportedly turned down a two-year extension that would have made him the highest paid player in football. He's 37 years old. He would have been under contract for the next five seasons. So that would have erased at least the Jordan Love concern at least a little bit. But it sounds like whatever's going on in Green Bay, whatever's on Aaron Rodgers' mind, it isn't dollar signs. And I think this is uh, is going to point him and point uh, the rest of the league and giving us a hint that he's potentially going to sit out here and force his way to another team. If I'm done with you was a person, it's him. He ain't, <laughs> he ain't got no th- Aaron Rodgers ain't got no time for that foolishness going on up there, man. He is... He is totally finished. He's complete. I mean, it's like uh, money can't buy you happiness, right? It make you feel better, but it doesn't buy you mm-hmm. happiness. He's about as done uh, with them as I've ever seen an athlete be like done with somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It reminds me of my high school girlfriend. It was like, once it was over, it was over. There was nothing I could do or say. So um, yeah, he, he's, but I, you know what? I've always put him on being that principal type of guy though. As opposed to, this is, people need to understand, man. You know, sometimes money doesn't matter. Yeah, he's through. Yeah. Especially for a guy that probably has hundred million dollars in the bank. Anyway, you can't throw money at him and try to make. And and to Green Bay's discredit, it makes him look bad, in my opinion, because the bottom line is, is whoever is throwing this money at him, they've got they've got money just oozing out of their pocket. So it's like, it's nothing to just trying to throw something at him to try to silence him. And it, it really makes them look bad that he goes, nah, you can keep your bread. And, and the thing that I keep coming back to is a decade ago when Carson Palmer said, I'm done in Cincinnati. And his agent was the one that really kind of led that and, and was moving things behind the scenes. And the Bengals went out there and visited Palmer in California and it didn't matter. He was done. Right. And the, the only thing missing from this is Aaron Rodgers coming out and saying, I'm done. And I guess we'll figure it out next week, right? Or, or maybe maybe we find out as we're recording this podcast or shortly after, right? I hope not. But uh, it, it's one of those things where David Dunn, he's done this before, and he got Palmer out and eventually to Arizona. And Palmer was an MVP candidate and went to the NFC title game. If, if Dunn says, hey, stick to your instincts, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to sit out and I, if that happens, if he's not at camp, if he's not the quarterback week one, I'm not saying he'll be traded before the season starts, but I think he's moved before the deadline. Because if you're the Packers, 
you can't just sit on your hands. You got to move them. And even someone as stubborn as Mike Brown, the Bengals owner, did that 10 years ago with Carson Palmer. I would imagine the Packers would do so as well. They will blink first because the offers are going to be too great if Aaron Rodgers is just sitting there. Yeah. And I think the likely destination is somewhere in the AFC West, meaning Denver or the Raiders. But it has to be Denver. It, it almost has to be. And Denver probably has a lot of the stuff that that um, that they would want that you could use to pry him out of Green mm-hmm. Bay. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Denver. But you 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 did mention the the, the, the injury in uh, St. Louis to Cam oh. Akers. I'm a Florida State follower and supporter. That dude, man, is is one of my favorite players to come through that program in a long time, and uh, it's just too bad. It's too bad that he he got hurt because uh, he was going to have a big year for them, especially with them being able to throw the ball and get people out of that box. For sure, I, I think that one the fantasy football people are just heartbroken because I think he was a fantasy darling, right? He just turned 22 years old, someone that in this offense could really explode, explode around the goal line, be part of this high-powered Matthew Stafford vertical offense that they couldn't be with Jared Goff, and now that's gone. And so if you're the Rams, one, it's devastating, obviously, for Cam Akers, and hopefully he can make a quick recovery and be back to 100% in 2022. But if you're the Rams, you have to pivot here. I don't think it's Daryl Henderson and company that, that you're going to rely on. Yeah, Henderson's going to be part of the the one-two punch, but I think you got to go out and get one of these veterans or get one of these guys. Maybe make, I know some people said make a trade. Dan, the Rams have given up a lot of draft capital over the years. I would try to sign one of these guys, and, and who knows, right? You see Frank Gore out there, Adrian Peterson lobbying for a job earlier this week. Maybe Le'Veon Bell, if he could have his head straight, maybe – um, but th- there are guys out there, and I-, I think that's kind of the route they should go. It's get one of these guys that, yeah, he can you know, run it up the middle and, and be kind of this goal line type back, and then you can use Daryl Henderson as that pass-catching type back. Yeah, they don't have any draft picks to trade. They, you know, I don't think they have a first-round pick until 2047, so they're not going to be able to. <laughs> At least. To, yeah, something like that, but I get it. But look, man, this is what we have today. Um, we gave you the news and the notes. And I'll, I hope I don't butcher this man's name. In segment two and three, we're going to do a Patriots pre- preview with Mike Diabate. I hope I said that right, because if I didn't, I know he's going to kill me. So uh, we're going to do that in segments two and three here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. Stay tuned. James and Tony will be right back with Mike Diabate from Locked On Patriots. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether it's the NBA finals or maybe you want to bet on Major League Baseball, they got you covered. And with training camp right around the corner, you got prop bets. So you got over-unders. You can do uh, when it comes to win totals, when it comes to overall numbers. Maybe you want to get in on some Super Bowl odds. You can do it all in one spot, betonline.ag. And the best part about it, when you go to make that first deposit at betonline.ag, you're going to get free money, a 50% welcome bonus all you got to do is go there, betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Get off the sidelines, get in on the action, and you're watching the games anyway. You might as well make some money while you do it at betonline.ag, promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, rolling along here on Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. I'm going to call him Mike D. We're going to do a Patriots preview as we've been doing this series here on Locked On NFL. And we're going to go up north 
and talk to Mike D. I hope I did not butcher his name. If I did, he's going to let me know I did it right now. Mike, you with us, man? I am with you, Tony. And believe me when I tell you, you said the name spot on. The Italian pronunciation could not be better. So perfectly done. Thank you so much for the introduction. And thank you for having me on today. Oh, no doubt about it. We would not uh, do this preview without you, man. Uh, uh, by the way, James, I'm smiling from ear to ear because I got that name right. I was you nailed trying, it, man. I'm trying to be all, you know, <laughs> I, I, hey, I've watched a lot of good fellas and, and a lot of uh, stuff like that. So I figured I was going <laughs> to nail it, man. That inner Italian in me, you know what I'm saying? I eat like an hey. Italian, by the way. So you know, I might as well. And, and hey, my name is Tony, right? So I, you know, absolutely. You know, that's yeah, it. You're that's a, it. you're a, you're an honorary paisan, my friend. <laughs> uh, debate is actually an Americanized pronunciation. It's actually how you'll hear it uh, advertised on the show. My uncle uh, was a, my great uncle was a state senator years ago in Rhode Island, and thought that it would be a good idea to have a politician be the last name to and in that response you know he he went for it so it's pronounced either way but diabate is really the traditional pronunciation so right on spot on and i thank you for that mike let's uh let's dive into this and when i was uh kind of teasing that you were coming on the show i started with cam newton mac jones and i want to ask you about bill belichick as well but what do you make of this quarterback situation? Is it a competition? Is uh, is Jones in there? By the way, it looks really weird to see a quarterback wear fifty. But uh, <laughs> I, I, so I wonder if you've adjusted that, and does that impact things at all? But is it a competition there in New England? Um, I think that it is a competition, James. To be quite honest with you, I mean, you look at what the Patriots did by spending draft capital at number 15 to bring in Mac Jones. Obviously, the Patriots have looked at him as their quarterback of the future. Now, even though I think there's going to be a competition here in New England, I still think this is Cam's job to lose, especially this year. All indications are that Cam is coming in to camp as the starter. And unless Mac outperforms him in almost every aspect of the word, I think you're going to see Cam end up starting the season. Now, some people will tell you that means Mac's coming in pretty soon. That means that Mac wants to hold a clipboard for a year, get a chance to learn under Cam Newton, get a chance to learn under Jarrett Stidham, most prominently get a chance to learn under Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. But at the same time, Cam's also coming into camp with something to prove as well. He's coming off of a subpar 2020 uh, interrupted season when it came to the COVID diagnosis. And really, I think that disrupted his rhythm a little bit. Didn't have the prolific pass catching options around him that I think would have made it a little bit easier in his first year in New England. But this is still a guy that believes he can get it done. He's been working with his quarterbacks coach. He's saying all the right things. I believe that he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and a motivated cam is usually a very effective cam. So we'll see what kind of opportunities he gets to prove himself that he is worthy of the starting role. That being said, I got a chance to see a little bit of Mac Jones in mini camp. This is a kid that's coming in here and he's ready to go. He looks like he's ready to take advantage of every opportunity given to him. So that number 50, that's a Bill Belichick thing. you got to earn those uh, those lower number jerseys in New England. So I'm sure that will change, and that will that will change. Uh, the rookies are always given higher numbers. They end up getting uh, their actual numbers uh, toward the middle part of training camp. Uh, but I'm looking for a good competition between these two guys this year. But back against the wall, I still say this is Cam's job to lose. Speaking of losing, that's something that the Patriots aren't used to. And last year – they they lost way more than uh, they can remember. You know, they, they 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 lost like the old Patriots with the little dude hiking the ball on the helmet. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't seen that <laughs> in a long time. I'm talking about Sam Bam Cunningham losing. So 
here's the thing. A lot of people jumped on the see it was Brady, I told you, when he went and won a Super Bowl. I'm of the thinking that the reason why you win six Super Bowls in that span is because it was both. Everybody was so ready to pick a side and choose who was so important. I think that story and that narrative is premature. I don't think last year, even though most people want to sit here and go, oh, yeah, it was him. You know, anybody can win with him. I think Belichick's getting a raw deal. Don't you? Do you believe that? I wasn't going to say don't you. But do you also believe that because Brady left and won immediately at his new team, that Bill Belichick is getting a raw deal and it might motivate him to go out and show people what he really is about? Yeah, without question. I think it's definitely going to motivate Bill Belichick. Look, Bill will be the last one to tell you that. If you ask Bill Belichick what motivates you, he'll say, I'm motivated by the next game. I just want to win. And you can hear him say it. As I'm saying it, you can hear him in his monotone delivery saying, yep, that's it. We're just looking at the next game. You know, we're on to Cincinnati. James, you know that very well. Uh, it's it's really it's one me. of those things. <laughs> It's just one of those things that just is a part of the way Bill Belichick tells the narrative. But you know that he's motivated by that. And I do agree with you, Tony. He is getting a raw deal when it comes to, oh, well, Tom was really the, the driving force behind the, uh, the, uh, the dynasty. Anybody can win with him. Bill Belichick was essentially a passenger in that regard. That's ridiculous. Um, there is nobody that has more respect for what Tom Brady did up here in New England than I do. And, uh, you know, you lose someone like that. It's never going to be easy to rebound from it. The person that had to take snaps ended up being Cam Newton under center. That's a very tall task to replace a legend in this area like Tom Brady, regardless of what the rest of the country thought of Tom or what other fan bases think of him. Um, you know, he's revered as a god up here in New England, and he always will be. But the fact of the matter is, is that you don't have the type of success New England has had for 20 years without competent uh, people leading you onto the field as head coaches or as the coaching staff. And that begins and ends with Bill Belichick, the way he's able to put together an offense and a defense, get guys to play up to their maximum. You hear it all the time. Very, very few will come right out and say that they've had negative or terrible experiences playing for Bill Belichick. I heard Cassius Marsh say it last week, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But the players that I've spoken to, the ones here that made it, the ones here that mattered, have all said that Bill Belichick's desire to win is what motivated them. Had the good chance to uh, talk to uh, Matt Light not too long ago, uh, um, Patriots Hall of Fame offensive lineman, who always remarked about it was Bill that set the tone. It was Tom that was fun to play with. They loved being his teammate, and he was so infectious in terms of his desire to win and motivated everybody but it was bill that was really the driving force behind what they were able to do and get them to play up to their maximum ability so again i look for bill belichick to do that i think he had a better year than people give him credit for last year considering what he had to work with i think this year with the upgrades that they've made look for a highly motivated bill belichick and that's going to show on the field with the patriots both on offense and on defense Mike, I want to continue the the Bill Belichick conversation, dive into what the Patriots did add to their team this offseason, and we will do that coming up next right here on Locked On NFL. After I tell you about Built Bar, so delicious it doesn't even make sense, man. It's not a candy bar. It's a protein bar, but it's the best tasting protein bar you ever had in your life, and I say you ever had because I know by now you've had them. If you didn't, something's wrong with you. If you didn't, you can go to BuiltBar.com <laughs> And you can tap in right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order of Built Bars. That's right. My personal favorite is the salted caramel. Why? 
because there's contrast. It's like a little picnic going on in your mouth and you get the salt and you get the caramel and you put them together. It's so good. And my wife calls me fat boy because I'm only supposed to eat one and I end up eating two or three in one sitting. Packed with protein, low sugar, low carb, low calories. Bill Bar is the perfect snack for somebody trying to lose weight like I am in perpetuity, always trying to lose weight. So go to Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. Check them out at Twitter, at Bar underscore Built for all the latest information. It's Built Bar, Locked 15 is your promo code. Mike Diabate is with us from Locked On Patriots. And Mike, we led the show with the Aaron Rodgers news about him turning down a two-year extension with the Green Bay Packers. And this might be a quick yes or no answer for you, but let's say he holds out. Patriots interested at all? Do they make a call? Do they make a push there? Because Bill isn't getting any younger, and I get it. Mac Jones might be able to take the reins from Cam a year from now, but it's Aaron Rodgers. So do you, do you think the Patriots would be interested? Honestly, James, I think the Patriots are interested in any opportunity they can get to improve their football team. If Bill Belichick feels that bringing in Aaron Rodgers, and it's hard not to believe that a team that brings in Aaron Rodgers, unless you're arguably the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Kansas City Chiefs, or you know, to the, you know, unless you are 100% secure and set in your quarterback position, you're always going to look for an upgrade. And look, there it's still question marks about cam newton so yeah i mean there's always been an affinity bill has always gone above and beyond to be effusive in his praise for aaron Rodgers. uh aaron has kind of gone the same way about bill um i i think they'd at least inquire i mean if there's a situation where uh he's made available or it's it's clearly obvious that uh that this is not going to work out in green bay then yeah i think the patriots pick up the phone are they going to aggressively pursue it I don't think aggressively pursue it, but I think they'll at least kick the tires to see what's there. And if there's mutual interest, who knows what could happen? But uh, at this point, I would say unlikely, but not impossible. It's very, very interesting. I had not thought about the Patriots being a team, but James, by you bringing that up, that makes a lot of sense. And they're in the other, they're in the other conference opposite of Green Bay. Let's talk about uh, the receivers. Uh, the Harry kid that they picked in the first round uh, out of Arizona State, he wants out, you know, and um, the Patriots has seemingly been trying to find and replace. It's something that was easy to do in the past, I think. Uh, they're trying to replace these guys that they're used to catching 100 balls a game. How do you think the receiving core is going to shape up? Will they ever get to the point where they have that one guy again? Or is it just going to be this mix and it's just going to be a new way for Belichick to do business offensively? I think it's going to depend on the personnel that they have. If they have an opportunity to go out and get a bona fide receiver, I know they had interest in Julio Jones when he was dangled on the the, uh, the trade market. Ultimately, the asking price was too high for the Patriots and not something they were willing to go above and beyond for. So they backed away from it. But if there's a chance to go out and get that type of receiver, Bill Belichick is not averse to bringing those guys in. I know Josh McDaniels would love to have a receiver that can notch him, you know, 100 catches, notch him, you know, the receiving yards per game and be that that big type of receiver that can take the top off of the defense. The Pats have made a pretty good living, Tony, being able to be that position, get guys that are reliable, yards after the catch, uh, make short yardage come to happen. In that regard, I think the Patriots receiving core is going to be decent this year. They'll be better than they were last year. I like the addition of Nelson Aguilar. I really like the addition of Kendrick Bourne. I think Kendrick coming in here, having the versatility of being able to play outside or in the slot, it's going to make him a favorite of either Cam or Mac or whoever's throwing him the football. 
Nelson has the ability to be that deep they haven't had in quite a while. Some drop issues there. It's going to be any if those mix have improved and he can get a little bit better and a little more prolific and be the type of weapon he was last year with the Raiders. Um, but they're going to struggle to replace the reliability and uh, the leadership ability, I guess, is the best way for me to put it, of a guy like Julian Edelman. That loss is going to hurt them. Even though Julian didn't see the field much last year, he was a factor in training camp. He did come in, uh, started to really develop a good relationship with Cam Newton when he got injured and ultimately never saw the field. So that's going to be tough to replicate. The fact that they brought in the two tight ends, whether it be Hunter Henry or Sean Smith, that to me is where the Patriots passing game is going to be much improved. That 12-man personnel that they haven't been able to run in so long it's going to open things up and play action so much. If I'm Josh McDaniels, that is what's exciting me when I go to work every day, the possibilities that those two guys can bring to this offense this year. And do you think that, Mike, that they're going to kind of rely on the running game a bit and rely on these backs? I mean, you got some versatility there. You got some youth there. And like you said, the play action factor with those two tight ends, I think it makes a lot of sense. We've seen this Patriots offense. I mean, I think back to, early 2000s Patriots, it was defense running game and Tom had to preserve it and make a couple plays down the stretch. Is that going to be the the blueprint, at least to a degree for whoever's under center and who, who, well, really for this team this season? Absolutely. The running game, I think is going to be a big factor in what they do. And Ian Harris being their feature back and somebody that can give you the ground, you know, game that you need, whether it be running for finesse or running for power, Damian can do that. If they choose to hold on to Sony Michelle, which I know there's been trade talks, and now with this injury to Cam Akers, you have to wonder if maybe that opens up a little bit. Is Sony Michelle somebody that the uh, the Rams may look at? I don't think the Rams have trade pieces right now to try to lure that away, but could that be a possibility? You know, so there are definite uh, you know measures to be taken there. I ultimately think Sony will be back because I still think he has something to prove. If that's the case, Sony proved last year toward the end of the season that he can still run for a little bit of power and a little bit of finesse so he could be a factor James White had a very tough season in 2020 and obviously for obvious reasons for those that don't know James tragically lost his father in a car accident very early into the season um, his mother was injured and that definitely put a pall on the entire season for James White he still powered through and played did an effective job the other part of James being held back is that he was also a focal point of the Patriots offense last year you had defensive backs that were game planning to stop James White. He was either covered by a safety or a corner, sometimes even double teamed with the Patriots weapons. Now that they have with the two tight end sets, that's going to open up James to receive out of the backfield. And when he's on his game, He's one of the best receiving backs in the league. So with Damian Harris, with Sonny Michelle, with James White, and the rookie Ramondre Stevenson, who reminds me a lot of a young LeGarrette Blunt, I think the Patriots can use him in that way, that lumbering type of back. But he also has the ability to receive uh, out of the backfield as well. That's a versatile group. So I think with those guys in tandem, I think the Patriots will be able to have a formidable running game. And again, it opens things up for play action. And it also allows Cam to be creative. If he's the guy under center, we know Cam is very capable of running the zone read, running those RPO. He can get the running game going as well. I think the record last year, even though it wasn't up to the Patriots standards, was a miracle when you consider all of the opt-outs and the injuries. Give us your prognosis of what you believe will happen this year with everyone coming back, a full season, uh, not an abbreviated offseason, and with everybody back in the fold. Uh, what do you think the Patriots are going to do? 
Um, I get a lot of strange looks when I say this, but I think this is a 10 to 11 win team. I think the uh, upgrades that they've made on offense are serviceable enough for them to be able to put more points on the board. But where I think the Patriots are going to wow some people this year is on the defensive side of the ball. They struggled mightily last year in two ways that Bill Belichick teams don't typically struggle. They struggled to stop the run and they struggled to set the edge. And those two things go in tandem. When you look at that and you look at the way these uh, the uh, they improved, they did get some um, beef in the middle part of that uh, interior of the defensive line, signing Devon Godchow, signing Henry Anderson, flanking him alongside of a guy like Lawrence Guy. That formid- that um, solidifies the middle part of that interior of the defensive line, and that's where they struggled to stuff the run last year. When it comes to edge rushing, they relied very heavily on guys like Dietrich Wise, even someone like an Adam Butler. Butler obviously, uh, you know, left by a free agency to go to Miami, but they brought in linebackers now that can get after the passers. Somebody like a Matt Judon, who's very capable of being able to do that. He, I think, is going to be a great fit in this uh, uh, in that linebacking core. That frees guys like. Um, Josh Uche, the, uh, the young rookie uh, last year, uh, sophomore this year from the University of Michigan, guys like Chase Winovich, even someone like a Dietrich Wise to pin their ears back, get after the cornerback, the quarterback, excuse me. And speaking of that defensive backfield will continue to be a strong part of what the Patriots do. Assuming Stefan Gilmore is back, he's going to be strong. And I think that they're going to uh, uh, be uh, strong in that area as well. So I think this is a 10-11 win team. They might surprise some people on the north side of that, but um you know, it's it's uh, they will be better. They will not finish with a losing record this year. I'd be really, really surprised if that happened, assuming everyone's healthy. He's Mike Diabate. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at M Diabate NFL. That's M D A B A T E N F L. You could check out his work, obviously locked on Patriots, also PatriotMaven.com. Mike. Appreciate the time, man. I uh, look forward to talking to you when the Patriots are relevant again, maybe ahead of that uh, matchup against Tampa Bay. That would be pretty cool if uh, the Patriots are rolling a bit and the, the Bucks are rolling, and that was uh, that was one of those. And it's going to be a headliner matchup anyway, but uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, I think a few eyes are going to be on that one. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on today. All right, Good thanks, stuff Mike. there. Thanks, Mike. Good stuff, man. Check him out every day, just like you check out Locked On NFL every day. And you can also check out my man, Peter Bukowski, with Locked On Today, podcast that hits you like a shot of espresso every single morning, 20 fast and furious minutes with all the top stories from around the world of sports, not just football. You can subscribe to that uh, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's Locked On Today with Peter Bukowski. James, for another great episode, thank you very much. You're Locked On NFL on a Wednesday. We appreciate you. Also appreciate my man, Mike Diabate. For, I had to say that name one more time. Mike Diabate for joining us today. All right, for Tony Wiggins, James Rapine, you guys take care of each other, and we will see you again next Wednesday.